Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Lucid Sight Collective podcast, where we discuss the world of lucid dreaming and consciousness as a whole. Today is another Dream Talk episode, and it's part two of all of the interesting dreams I've had within the past three years of my adult life. And if you haven't listened to the first part yet, I'm doing these two episodes because my phone got wiped about a week ago, and I lost every single dream that I have ever recorded. So I'm basically doing these episodes in an effort to try and immortalize some of those dreams before they slip from my memory forever. And the first part of the episode was discussing all of my mysterious and mystical sort of spiritual feeling dreams. So we talk a lot about astral projection, seeing into the past, and some dream lore. But this episode is primarily going to be focused on lucid dreams, and specifically where I communicate with my subconscious, or my subconscious communicates directly to me. And again, if you have dream stories of your own that you'd like to share on the podcast, please message me at lucidsightpodcast on Instagram, and I'll add your story into the next listener stories episodes. And also, I just want to thank everyone who has reached out to me with their dream stories. You guys are so awesome, and please keep it coming because I seriously love hearing from you. And with that being said, let's get into the episode and talk about some dreams. So obviously in the first episode, I was a little bit more emotionally distraught about the whole situation of me losing all of my dreams. Um, This episode, I'm feeling a little bit better. I'm starting to have new dreams and recording those, so it's not the end of the world, but still sucks nonetheless. Um, And there's a lot of reasons that I go over in the first episode of just like why it's such a big deal for me, but... Another reason that I am just absolutely floored (laughs) from losing all of those dreams is that dream recording is pretty much the main tool I use to map out and document my subconscious mind and how it changes over time. It basically tracks the subtle changes in subconscious beliefs that I carry and the progress that I make in processing the things that have happened to me throughout my life. And my dreams a lot of the time are really a great indicator of where I'm at mentally and how much stress or grief I'm processing at the time. And it's really interesting the kind of stuff that you can unearth and decode from tracking your dreams throughout the years. It gives you such greater context when you have more dreams to pull from and connect them to. And dreams can show you how you really feel about something or like what you're really truly afraid of or ashamed of. And that's why lucid dreaming can be so cool is because your conscious mind literally wakes up while you're still inside of your own subconscious mind. So these two sides of your consciousness, the two sides of your own conscious mind, they have a direct line of communication to each other and they can talk in real time. Of course, not all dreams have meaning to them to decode, but when you document them for so long, there is 
just no way to discount the apparent therapeutic gold wrapped up inside of your own internal dream world. So basically, I just lost three years of conversation with my subconscious. And even if I can vaguely remember a dream that I had a few years ago, I'll never be able to go back and see the details. Like when I write down and record a dream, I record what I was thinking while I was in the dream, like all of the thoughts that went through my mind that I can remember. I record how I felt inside the dream, how I felt when I wake up, what I saw in the dream, what was said to me, what I think about the dream upon waking up, like literally every tiny detail that I can pull out of my mind so that later on I can reference it and make connections. And it's all gone. (laughs) But the good news is that hopefully I learned my lesson and it was only three years of documents and not a whole lifetime's worth. But moral of the story is that none of these dreams are going to be super detailed because I can't remember most of the details anymore. But the concepts are still there, so it's still going to be a good episode. And in the future, I will probably bring up other dreams um, that I used to have recorded but now no longer can reference. Just like as they come back to me, I'm sure that I'll think of more. But these were just a handful that came right to the top of my mind um, that I thought would be interesting to share. So without further ado, let's get into the dreams. Honestly, I don't know why I'm doing this again, but I'm starting with the longest and most convoluted dream. So if you guys get bored at any point, you can skip to 14 minutes, around 14 minutes. So um, yeah, just throwing that out there. Okay, so this dream that I'm going to talk about is probably one of the most lucid dreams that I've had, um, just because of how ultra aware I was throughout the entire thing, and also how long it lasted. It felt like it was almost a couple hours of being fully lucid, which is definitely not normal for me. And I don't know how long it actually lasted, but that's how long it seemed like it was um, when I was having it. So, yeah. Um, Anyways, I remember the dream started um, in my elementary school. And I have a lot of crazy dreams in this building. And also, like, a handful of lucid dreams occur here because it's just a little bit easier for my brain to wake up in a place that I haven't been to since I was a little kid. So I was walking through the hallways and um, like it was completely empty. The lights were dimmed and there was no one at the school. Um, And I remember being kind of confused because I couldn't remember like which teacher taught in which classroom and like I couldn't really remember like where anything was in the school. But I was walking by each room and kind of peering into the windows and I ended up reaching this one classroom that I wanted to go inside of. And right when I opened the door, something sparked lucidity within me. And I realized that I wasn't actually like still in elementary school. And there's no reason that I would be here like after hours. And I also recognized that nothing looked quite right at all. 
So in this moment, I decided that I wanted to fly, which I, that's usually the first thing I do. Um, and it's usually no problem for me at all, but I was trying to jump up and like stay afloat and the physics were just off. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but like I got onto like up onto a desk and I jumped off of it and I could get a few feet off the ground and I would kind of like hover and bounce in the air, but it seemed like I was almost top heavy. So I kept tilting sideways and like, um, like going upside down in the air and just like hanging there and not being able to like get back up upright and also not being able to like get back onto the ground. It was almost like I was in a spaceship with no gravity or something. Um, but yeah, I, I, anyways, <laughs> I realized that I probably just needed some more space to fly. Um, and I was also thinking like, why am I still in this school anyways? <laughs> so I opened up the ceiling and I flew up out of it and I was hovering above the school. And when I looked down, I saw that my dad was in the dream and this is so random, but he was like fixing something on the roof, kind of like a mechanic which is really weird. Um, and when I saw that with my lucid mind, I was like, what is like, this is so weird. Um, yeah, it, there was like this big water tank on top of the roof and he was messing around with it. And he had this like huge toolbox with him and a Navy jumpsuit on Like <laughs> it was strange. Anyways, I flew down and I walked up to him and I was like, dad, you want to hear something crazy? You're in my dream right now. I just realized I'm dreaming. <laughs> And he looked at me like I was insane and just laughed like, what are you talking about? I'm I'm here right now, so you can't be dreaming. <laughs> and um, we kind of went back and forth for a bit. And I was like, no, I can prove that you're in my dream right now. Like, I, I can prove it. And he still did not believe me. And so I was like, okay, if I can prove that we're inside a dream right now, then will you stop working? Because like, it's seriously fine. You don't need to fix whatever is broken. Like this place isn't real. <laughs> and he just kind of like motioned for me to do what I was going to do, but didn't expect me to change his mind at all. So I jumped up and started hovering in the air and kind of like flew around a bit and he didn't really freak out too much. He was just like, oh, wow, I guess we are in a dream. And then I asked him if he wanted to learn how to fly and he said, yeah. So I showed him and he picked it up pretty quickly. And so we flew around town for a bit and I showed him how you can conjure things like waterfalls and scenery and um, eventually as time went on, he started to have some issues flying. Like he wasn't able to like move forward very quickly at one point. And eventually, um, at some point we went back to the city and things almost started to look like a video game glitch. And I am not going to explain this right, but he almost like flew into the ground and he was like partially inside the ground and of the sidewalk <laughs> and then like he got stuck like in the ground and couldn't get out it was it was so weird like it the only thing i can think to describe it of is a video game glitch um i don't play video games very much but i'm sure people who do know exactly what i'm talking about of when like your character just like falls through the floor and like 
can't get out or I don't know. That's what it looked like. But I tried like so hard to get him out. And even with my lucidity, I could not do it. I guess at that point, maybe my lucidity wasn't as strong. Um, so yeah, eventually I just told him, sorry, um, but like, <laughs> I'm going to go my own way and like, I'll see you soon. And I just continued on my dream. Um, looking back, I feel kind of bad. Um, but in the moment I did not feel guilty about leaving him at all. Um, cause I kind of felt like he was just a dream character. I don't know. Um, which he probably was, but <laughs> Now I'm like, I hope that wasn't really my dad, like, um, <laughs> but I just continued flying, like, in the city, and I was like, okay, what do I want to see? What do I want to see? And I looked down, and I saw this dog, like, way down in the grass, so I flew down, and I picked him up, and I looked in the door of the house that the yard was in, and, um, the door was open, so I just walked in while I was carrying this dog, and, all there was in the house was, it was like an old grandma's house, the way it um, looked, the way it was decorated and stuff. But all there was, was this small, tiny couch with four dogs lined up all next to each other, sitting on the couch like a person would. And there was like a wiener dog, a chihuahua, a Yorkie, and something else. They were all like really small, cute dogs. And they had like... A little blanket covering all of them and their little paws were holding it up <laughs> and I just looked down at them and they're all sitting there like just still like looking up at me and I'm just thinking like wow this is the best day of my life and I just stood and stared at them and then I picked up one of the little baby chihuahuas and it was wearing a little pink hat <laughs> I opened the ceiling up and I just flew away like, carrying this little baby dog and we flew into this grassy field that overlooked this like ocean scenery and me and the dog just hung out together and I'm pretty sure that was the end of the dream or at least what I can remember from it and I also want to point out to people who like maybe haven't lucid dreamed at all before um when you become lucid in a dream you don't necessarily have like full access to your like full consciousness. You sometimes you like know that you're in a dream and like you have part of like your working memory, but um, like your priorities are just different in a dream. That's what it is. Um, like you may be awake and know that when you become lucid in a dream, you want to do this specific thing. But when it comes down to it, in that moment, when you do become lucid in a dream, you may not be thinking about that. And um, your your priorities are just a lot different. Like, sometimes you don't even care to change anything about the dream at all. Um, you just, like, like to be present with the dream. Um, other times, you're aware that you can shift and, like, change the dream to your will, but you're still kind of operating on, like... Um, subconscious wants and desires, I guess, um, is kind of how I would put it. So the fact that like, kind of towards the end when I was somewhat losing my lucidity or like losing the sharpness that my lucidity had, 
um, it definitely makes sense that I was just like, okay, what do I want to see? Oh, a dog. Yeah. Like I definitely want to hang out with a dog right now when in reality I could have literally done anything I wanted, <laughs> but yeah, that's what I chose to do. So, um, I guess I stand by it. I don't know. <laughs> the dog was cute. So <laughs> yeah. Anyways, apart from the weird ending, this dream it was unique because usually when I become lucid, um, the dream characters around me will already know how to fly. But in this case, I had to actively teach him and he ended up having problems with it. So that's never happened before. And like the awake version of me, it um, gives me like the idea that maybe I was interacting with my dad for real um, because he is like a really quick and easy learner for basically anything, but he's never been into lucid dreaming, um, which I think it's just because he never remembers his dreams and he doesn't really have an active dream life. But yeah, I thought it was kind of cool to be able to like teach him how to fly in a dream, which this might have just been my subconscious like um, wanting to show my dad how cool lucid dreaming was. But regardless, it was definitely a super cool and vivid dream. And probably the height of my lucidity in the dream was when I was having that conversation with my dad of like, hey, uh, you know you're in my dream right now. <laughs> Which also reminds me of something. Recently, I went on TikTok um, to see if there's any interesting dream content, which is probably that that was my first mistake. But <laughs> anyways, I wanted to see what was out there. And because I've also heard like a couple people tell me that there is good dream content on TikTok. <laughs> and so I went on, I was like, okay, I'll see what's up. Um, and I realized there's this trend where lucid dreamers will talk about their experience of telling dream characters that they're in a dream. And there's this whole conspiracy thing that um, there's this, I don't know how to explain it, dream society or something like you're in a lab and they're testing you and like recording data. And if you find out that you're in a, a dream and your dream characters find out that um, like if they know that you know that you're in a dream, then they will get like super violent with you and like rip you to pieces and or like drag you off to a test facility and lock you up into solitary confinement. And they'll say things like patient 275 has gained awareness or something like that. And it's weird. But yeah, a bunch of people are posting stuff like this. And um, maybe some of them are true, but like... Uh, I don't know, like, don't you guys think that trends are a bit of a red flag? Like, uh, it seems a bit disingenuous to me, and everyone's stories are exactly the same. And I'm as I'm watching these videos, I'm just like, um, <laughs> like, wow, I do not believe um, any of these people. But uh, I don't know, nothing like that has ever happened to me. Uh, my dream characters will sometimes get like offended or upset and say like, uh, what are you talking about? Like, this is, this is not a dream. There's no way like I'm real. My life, I have a life. <laughs> There's no way. But usually they're pretty chill. Um, but yeah, that would be crazy if that did happen. Like, I do not want 
that dream character is ripping me apart while I'm lucid. That sounds terrible. And obviously just because I, it doesn't happen to me, doesn't mean that it's not true. Um, like I have heard some trusted lucid dreamers say that they do have dream characters get violent with them when they break that barrier of reality with them. But I've never heard of this dream lore stuff uh, where becoming lucid is somehow against dream law and like rebellious um, in itself. (laughs) Um, And that like the people in charge of this simulation will somehow punish you for gaining that lucidity. Um, To me, it sounds like creepypasta or something. But if there is anyone out there who has experienced something like this, please, please message me. but yeah, I don't trust TikTok, but I will, I will probably trust my beautiful, lovely listeners. So definitely message me. And, um, also if you've had times in your lucid dreams where you've told dream characters that they aren't real or that they're in your dream, please let me know how they reacted because I would love to hear from you. Another dream where I interacted with one of my dream characters, I may have told this story on the podcast before, but I'm just going to tell it again because it's like one of the most interesting dream stories that I have. Um, So in this dream, it was a nightmare and I was being chased throughout the entire dream. And originally, like I didn't know what was chasing me, but I just knew that like I needed to watch my back constantly. And I was like, walking through these busy streets and um, eventually everyone left and it was like a completely dead, like the the dead of night, basically Um, no one around. And I see this figure behind me and I start like running through the alleyways and it's chasing after me and I run through this neighborhood and I like hop this fence and I'm running through the forest through like this super thick brush And eventually I end up back in the neighborhood and it's pitch black except for the streetlights. And I, (laughs) I'm running through this neighborhood and all of a sudden I, something tips me off and I become lucid and I'm like, oh fuck, this is a dream right now. I don't have to be running. Like I'm not in any danger. So I just stop in the middle of the street and I turn around And I see the figure like stop running and it just like stands in the street and it's like right under this streetlight and it's staring at me and I'm looking at it and I can't see what it is. It's just this like black figure. And while I'm lucid in the dream, I'm thinking like, okay, I know this is my shot. Like I have to, this is like some sort of like demon that is chasing me like in my mind. And like, I have to like ask it questions. Like this is my shot to like find out more about myself and my subconscious. So I'm standing in the street thinking of what to ask it. And I just look at it and I ask, why are you chasing me? And it stands there in silence for a minute. And then it just says, I'm not chasing you. I am you and you're running. Which if you listened to the dream talk episode where I'm talking about my childhood dreams, um, I mentioned that one of the dreams that like probably my earliest dream um, that I ever remember having, and it was a reoccurring dream. 
um, I mentioned that it's also like a reoccurring theme in my dreams throughout my life and also just like a reoccurring theme that shows up in my actual like waking life um, throughout the years. And that is just like running, constantly running from something and like hiding and um, like trying to escape something basically. And um, yeah, it basically showed up again in this dream. And this was the first time I was actually able to break through and kind of like break that wall of mystery and be able to just directly ask myself like, what why are you chasing me like what am i running from right now and basically it told me i'm running from myself or some part of myself um yeah which that's been like a theme in my life and something that i've had to constantly overcome and it's like always changing um like exactly what it is you know but um it's a theme that constantly shows up and like right when i defeat one battle or (laughs) um tribulation um something else comes up but it's like the same theme like it's like this constant theme in my life and just to give you guys like a little taste um one of the ways that this shows up in my life constantly is through my obsessive urge to people please and i know that there are plenty of other people pleasers out there that can relate and understand this just when you feel like you overcome it there it shows up in a different form or in a different way and sometimes you don't even realize you're doing it um yeah that's just like one of the ways that it's shown up in my life um if i just thought i'd throw in that in there if people don't know what i'm talking about so (laughs) yeah So, um, yeah, it's just interesting. Like you can see it in my dreams too, um, as it's happening in my life. And it's interesting that, um, the first dream that I can ever remember was one of these chasing dreams. And, um, the interesting thing about that chasing dream, the first chasing dream is that eventually when I am like inevitably swallowed up by the thing that I am running from, I realized that um, what lies ahead of that or like beyond that um, surrender is absolute bliss and um, peace and love and happiness. And that is also another theme in my life of like when you finally surrender and um, yeah, I don't, I can't explain it and it's honestly kind of personal, but Um, yeah, I just thought I'd throw that in there of like some backstory and also tie it back to a previous episode too, because I did mention in a previous episode that I would elaborate on that. So there's your elaboration. (laughs) Okay, so this dream isn't necessarily relating to communicating with your subconscious, but It also wasn't necessarily a mystical dream, so I decided to put it in this episode. And obviously I don't have a written account of it anymore, but I'm fairly certain that it was titled Dreamception. And I don't know if all my listeners have seen Inception or The Matrix before, because honestly I haven't even seen them since I was a kid, 
but they're both very similar films about unraveling a dream within a dream. And from what I can remember, I think the plot kind of follows, um, like it starts in, I guess, the quote unquote regular world. And then we realize that the world isn't actually what it seems. And they break through these different levels of reality until eventually he wakes up in his real body. And disclaimer, that was a terrible description of those movies. <laughs> so um, don't take my word for it. I'm just trying to get across the um, like general idea of the movies, which I think that was slightly accurate, I hope at least. Um, but the whole movie is about moving through these levels of reality. Um, or what we know to, to be dreams and kind of learning to control and manipulate reality itself, kind of like lucid dreaming. But anyways, um, in this dream that I had, uh, I was back in high school having a sleepover with a friend who actually wasn't, I wasn't friends with her in high school, but we recently connected digitally over our dreams and our lucid journeys. And she actually ended up showing up in my dreams, which is a fairly common thing that seems to happen um, when I connect with someone, especially on dreams. Usually they show up in my dream world sooner sooner than later. And I don't know if it's some sort of like um, mutual dreaming connection or something. I have no idea. Or if it's just like my subconscious, um, like knowing that I'm in a dream and so like uh, showing them to me. I don't know what it is, but it is a common theme that happens to me. Um, anyways, in this dream, we were um, back in high school and we were friends in the dream. And we were going to have a sleepover that night and um, it was pretty normal until I laid down in the bed that she made me and eventually fell asleep and I started dreaming while I was asleep in the dream that I was already dreaming. <laughs> and at some point I became lucid while I was inside that dream within that dream. And it wasn't anything crazy. I was just like walking around outside and I had that realization of, oh, wait, this isn't real right now. And then I woke back up in my friend's house and I instantly realized that I was still dreaming because I remembered that we weren't actually friends in real life and I'm not in high school anymore. <laughs> and I felt like super weird because the whole thing felt just way too real like falling asleep, dreaming, then waking up and being fully aware that I'm still in the dream world. Um, this was like, it was like the ultimate false awakening. Um, but I've never experienced a false awakening like this because I was lucid while I was asleep, then lucid when I woke up. But I was still in the dream. Usually you don't realize that it's a false awakening until you wake up in real life. But I realized it in the dream and it felt so uncomfortable, like just really weird and out of place and like what is real and what is not and like when does this end? I don't know. Um, and yeah, once I wake up, woke up for real, um, I almost didn't really trust it because the whole experience was just so trippy and weird.
And also, I just want to point out that usually during false awakenings, you don't remember dreams that you had while you were asleep inside your dream. Usually, you just like wake up um, randomly and like go about your day. You don't think about what you dreamt about. (laughs) Like, um, you don't question anything. You just like wake up and start your day. And then you may be going about your day and then end up waking up for real in like real life and be like oh shit like I was just at work for like four hours I just got ready and everything (laughs) um but yeah usually it doesn't a false awakening doesn't involve involve um dreaming like inside your dream that's weird that's a dreamception (laughs) I don't know what it is but um yeah it was definitely interesting All right, so this dream is an instance where I was lucid dreaming and I felt myself waking up in the real world and I was able to pull myself back into that dream fully and continue dreaming. So um, I became lucid in this dream and I was on a boat in the middle of a lake and shortly after gaining lucidity, I felt the dream start to fade and I could feel my mind start to wake up in real life. And I remember pulling up the information from another lucid dreaming podcast that I listened to, and I could literally hear his voice like being projected into my dream. And he told me to focus on something really hard and feel the ground underneath my feet and tune into the blades of grass and feel your skin and look at your hands. And so I listened to him and I followed what he said. Um... And I looked down and I stared at my hands and I told myself to focus in this world. And um, I was able to successfully pull myself back into the dream and continue dreaming for a while after this. And I was lucid, so I'm sure you guys can understand this when I grabbed one of the guys that was on the boat and I changed him to like Harry Styles and probably kissed him or something. And then I flew up into the air and I was like diving in and out of the water. That part was insane. Um, super cool. But anyways, this is exciting because I used to be able to do this like every night as a kid and... I would be waking up and I'd be able to consciously stop myself from waking up and keep dreaming. And even after waking up, I'd be able to like fall back asleep, um, but stay conscious as I was falling asleep and almost like lead the dream back to where I was before so that I could continue where I left off um, while being entirely lucid through this whole experience. So I was literally doing like dream yoga as a kid without even realizing it. But anyways, back to the dream on hand. Um, When the dream was fading away, there was this like vivid visual that I remember. And it was also like super sensory too. And it looked like everything was getting like super fuzzy around me. And the image started to go dark and fade away. But at the same time, everything was spinning around me and I could just feel like every like the world spinning around me and I got super dizzy and I just wanted to like surrender and fall back into this like pit, like as the world was caving in on itself. Um, Yeah, basically. And 
I don't know, like to let things fade away just felt kind of normal and natural. Um, But in that moment, for some reason, I was like, no, I'm going to stabilize this. And um, yeah, it actually worked. And um, I pulled up the information I needed in that moment and was able to get the dream back to full vividity. So uh, yeah, that's the first time I was able to do that as an adult, which is cool. And it means that I'm making progress. So um, yeah. (laughs) Okay, now I'm going to move on to a couple of kind of funny um, reality check fails um, in my dreams that I've had. And I'm sure like a lot of lucid dreamers can relate to this because reality checks do not always work. Um, When you're dreaming, there's a part of your brain that's turned off that deals with um, logic. (laughs) So you're not thinking like, is this real? Or like, oh, like I haven't been in elementary school in like 20 years. Like, why am I here right now? And why am I an adult in a child's class? And why don't I have any pants on? I should have noticed that before I left the house. Um, Things like that. Like you don't question it when you're in the dream. And um, even if you do a reality check in the dream, sometimes you're not always gonna be able to push through and like really truly test the reality of things because that part of your brain is turned off. Like you just want to go with things. You want to surrender to the flow. So with that being said, um, I'll tell a couple of my reality check fail stories. This one dream, I was walking in the forest and it was like a familiar forest that I am, I always like go to in real life and in my dreams. It's like a very um, constant place for me. And I was walking along and like something kind of like tipped me off. Like I felt things were weird. So I was like, am I dreaming right now? And I remembered a reality check that you can do where you look at a clock and if you can tell the time, then you're good. But if you can't like understand the clock and if you can't like decode it and tell the time, then you're dreaming. And I've never really done this check before in real life because it's not always reliable to be near a clock. But obviously this didn't matter to me in my dreams. And for some unknown reason, I was like, yeah, this is the one. So, of course, in the middle of this fucking forest, I am like, oh, like, let me just look for a clock real quick. And I conjured a fucking clock floating, like, above a tree. I looked at it, and it's just this black and white clock filled with hieroglyphs and, like, a bunch of crazy symbols that I've never seen before in my life. I looked at it, and I was like, okay, yeah, like, that checks out. Like, this is real. I'm not dreaming. Like... There's a clock and I just read it. So like, it's fine. (laughs) Like, let's just keep hiking. This is normal. And of course, I woke up later and I was like, God fucking damn it. Like, (laughs) how could I not have realized that was a dream? Like, obviously, there are no clocks in the forest and they're not going to be floating. And I could not read that clock. Like, (laughs) my brain just like convinced myself that like that was okay and normal. But like, I couldn't read the clock. It was full of symbols. Like, yeah, it's really frustrating when you're working on gaining lucidity in your dreams and shit like that happens. (laughs) 
Like, you get so far to the point where you're questioning, like, oh, this feels like a dream right now. Like, am I dreaming? You do your reality check and everything, and your brain takes over. Um, yeah, that sucks. It also sucks when you gain lucidity and then, like, lose it really quickly because your brain is just like, nope, we're sleeping, we're sleeping. <laughs> Um, yeah, that happens to me. It's like zoning out, like, in your sleep. Like, when you gain lucidity in your sleep, you have to, like, stay very sharp and, like, on point and, like, mentally tuned in or else you'll just zone out again in the dream. Like, something will catch your attention and you'll lose that lucidity. Another time where a reality check massively failed me and my dreams were almost begging me to get lucid was a dream which was set in my hometown and it's a fairly small community and I was walking downtown in a grassy park with like these huge tall trees and I also go here pretty often in my dreams and I sat down on a bench and put my headphones in and I started listening to music and I was like, holy fuck, I have never heard this type of music before. And it was so insanely intricate and like the best music I've ever heard in my life. Like I can't compare it to any genre, but it was impeccably beautiful. And I just kept thinking, how did this get on my playlist? And I couldn't really focus on my phone, but I just thought that my eyes were like kind of dry or something. And then I looked up and painted on the building in front of me was a huge blue and white mural that said in gigantic letters, lucidity, consciousness in dreams. <laughs> and I w remember staring at it and being like, huh, that's new. And I noted it in my mind that it was like super cool. And I was like, hell yeah, someone that wasn't me painted this in Coeur d'Alene. Like, that's so awesome. And for a split second, I questioned if I was there and if like it was by chance if there this was a dream. And but like instantly I just shrugged it off and thought like, no, like this is definitely real. Like this is just a sign that our little town is growing but of course, when I woke up, I realized it was obviously a clue for me to gain lucidity, which I did not follow. <laughs> but yeah, it's interesting to see stuff like that and like such heavy symbolism in dreams and fully question your reality, but not be able to recognize that your surroundings aren't completely fabricated. shit okay I just remembered something resurfaced <laughs> okay okay calm down okay so um I had I can't remember like fully but I had this dream where I was in Montana and I was at some kind of family reunion where we were at we call it the sand and sage property and it's like way out in the country um of Montana like kind of middle of nowhere um on the river like beautiful anyways <laughs> we it was like this big wide open area and we were all outside and there was like 400 people because we have a huge family but that was still like it felt way too big <laughs> like more than normal um anyways my grandpa walked up to me and 
he just like looked different. He was like glowing or something and there was like a sparkle in his eyes and he just looked youthful but he was like regular old grandpa and um anyways he walked up to me and he was just like hi like it's so good to see you and I hugged him and I was like wow like you look great and he's like yeah like I'm feeling really good and all of a sudden I became lucid and I don't know exactly what triggered it probably nothing but um I looked into his eyes and I was just like whoa like are you here right now and he just smiled at me and like gave me a little laugh and gave me another hug and then walked away and like kept mingling with everyone else and I was just like whoa that was so cool because he's he passed like probably two years ago um when I had that dream and uh yeah it was really cool I've never really had another dream like that before but um yeah because usually I don't really dream of my grandparents but um yeah definitely noteworthy and I don't think I would have noticed anything different or weird if I hadn't have become lucid in that moment um but I was really able to like feel him in that moment um and yeah who knows it could have just been a dream but I don't know like yeah it was a really interesting thing and since we're on the topic of my lucid dreams in this episode I'm just gonna throw in this like concept here that a lot of the times when I get lucid in my dreams it's not like a super high level of lucidity. Like, yes, I do experience dreams like this, but um, most of the time, like probably like 70% of the lucid dreams that I record, it's where I'm experiencing like a low level of lucidity. So I'm aware that I'm dreaming um, while I'm inside of the dream, um, like while it's happening, but I'm not trying to control it or anything I'm just like uh enjoying the plot that like my subconscious is supplying me with (laughs) and kind of like the storyline and the atmosphere and like the surroundings um so it just like allows me to appreciate and enjoy the dream like while it's happening and be immersed um like within the dream world while it's going on I guess but I'm not necessarily like trying to shift things in the dream or like do certain things or deviate from um the storyline of the dream uh yeah but I just want to like share this if I'm sure like a lot of people experience this as well um and can relate to it of not really being able to like fully be lucid and like flying and talking to your subconscious and like communicating with your dream characters all the time like you can do that but it's slightly unsustainable like um sometimes you just want to sit back and relax and that's what I do a lot of the times and sometimes it's consciously like I I could take full control of the dream, but I just don't want to necessarily. And other times it's because I just am not fully lucid within the dream. Um, But yeah, that's just a concept that I kind of wanted to throw out there and share for people that maybe haven't heard of that or on the other hand, people who experience it and can relate to it as well.
Anyways, I think that just about does it. I know that there are way more lucid dream stories that I have. I think I had about 40 recorded, but these were all of the ones that stood out to me. And I may remember some more over time and might end up sharing them in the future, but for now this is what you're getting. So I hope you enjoyed it. And um, yeah, I just want to invite everyone again um, to share your dreams with me. Um, any dream that left a mark on you or that you felt impacted your life in any way or any dreams you felt were paranormal in nature, please, please share them with me. Um, you can share them with Lucid Sight Podcast on Instagram. Or you could even just send me a message saying, hi, I would love to hear from you. But yeah, that is at Lucid Sight Podcast on Instagram. Um, and also, if it calls to any of you to leave a review on the podcast, I would absolutely love you forever. <laughs> it is super easy to do. Um, if you go to the top of the podcast page and click on the five star button, or I think it's just a single star maybe, all you have to do is select the number of stars you'd like to give. Um, the more five stars the podcast gets, the more it tells Spotify that this is actually listenable and it shows them that, okay, this is okay to re recommend to other people. So those reviews really help um, to naturally boost the growth of the podcast. And also, if you don't like the podcast or me... 100% respect that, and you do you. Your opinion is totally valid, but please keep it to yourself, bro. I love you. <laughs> um, yeah, watch me get a bad review just for saying that, but anyways, I hope that you guys enjoyed the episode, and I hope that it doesn't get flagged for this sick new background music. Um, yeah, I've been meaning to use Plantasia for a long time and I finally got around to it, but I also don't know how copyright works on Spotify, so I'm just hoping for the best at this point. And um, yeah, thank you so much for listening and I love you guys and I will talk to you next time.